As you heard, I am the lucky lady that gets to be married to Pastor Nate, and it's a huge honor, and I absolutely love it. Um, I was afraid of marriage. Um, both of us come from divorced families, uh, but we like each other. 12 years in, and we still enjoy each other, and we have four kids who are, oh, goodness, 10, 9, and our 9-year-old's in Africa with Nate, uh, 7, and 5, and they're a lot of fun. Um, but also a ton of work. They're only boys, none of them have fear whatsoever, and we spend a lot of time in the emergency room, and we've had stitches more times than I can count. Um, anyways, I digress. Um, so we're starting a new sermon series called Haunted House, and this entire series is about, um, maybe you think that your house is haunted, haunted by the past, that your marriage is haunted, um, that your children are haunted, and they may be when they come in your room at night. I don't know, that happened to me last night. I'm sound asleep, and the littlest one comes in, and he had a nightmare. And I'm like, I'm having a nightmare right now. Um, so anyways, you guys know the drill. I told him to go back to his bed. He said, no, he came in my bed. He won. I'm a pushover. Um, so th this whole sermon series is to help give you hope that you can change your future, that your house isn't haunted, your marriage isn't haunted, your kids aren't haunted, that you can change the future. Um, and that's what God wants from you. And so I know that you guys have all heard this line, you can run, but you can't hide. Um, I say it to my kids when they're in trouble. Um, that wasn't in my notes. Um, so today we're going to talk about how you can run from your past, but you can't hide from the past. No matter how many times you try to ignore where you come from and who you come from, you still came from them. And... That's, that's your past. That's who you are. But I want you to know that's not your future, that your past is not your future. So we all grew up in a home, or we, maybe we didn't, um, but we all grew up in a home where we learned really good things. And I grew up with a mother who's actually sitting in here somewhere. I won't point her out because I don't want to embarrass her. Um, she's over there. And... <laughs> My mom is amazing, and I'm, and I'm going to say the second service when she's not here, too, so it's not just because she's here and I'm getting brownie points. We come, I have four siblings. I have a lot of competition. I'm not using this microphone to, like, get brownie points, but my mom is amazing. She's dedicated. She's loyal. She's hardworking. She doesn't speak ill of other people, and she is always helping other people. I learned a ton of good qualities from my mother, a ton. Um, she has no flaws at all. Um, for real. She, she is amazing. I love her. I call her 75 times a day. That's probably not an exaggeration. Um, I just love talking to her. I love telling her about my day. I love hearing about her day. She instilled so much good heritage into me. But it takes two to make a child. So I also have a father. And he has good qualities. I got a really good thing in heritage from him. I'm very skinny. I can eat whatever I want, and I stay very skinny. A lot of you want to throw things at me right now, and I'm sorry. Um, but as my doctor says, stop eating what you eat. Skinny people have heart attacks. And I'm like, oh, that's an ugly thing to say. <laughs> but I can eat whatever. My dad would sit down, eat an entire box of Swiss rolls in one sitting, no joke. When he said get my snack, it wasn't like get one package. It was like get the whole box. And he would eat the whole entire box, and I can do that. I mean, I get, like, heartburn now because I'm aging, but 
but I can still do that, and it's a great thing. And people would be like, oh, you're going you're gonna to have kids, and you won't be able to lose weight. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I got lucky, I guess. That's a really good thing that I inherited from my father. My father also has dark skin. So when I go in the sun, I get tan. It's magical. So he did do some good things for me. But my father also had a lot of other things that he struggled with. Um, and he, he um, when, I, when I grew up with him, he had, was notorious for when he worked on projects and it went wrong, he would, like, explode and, like, leave the project. And then I would just stare, like, what in the world just happened? And that this was my father. He exploded. He didn't always enjoy finishing things. Um, and we're not entirely sure if this is true, but he told me he never finished high school. I have no idea if that's true or not. My mom wasn't really sure either. Um, and so he, would, he always had this, like, joke, it's okay if you don't finish that, or it's okay. And that is what I saw in him. When I was 10 years old, my, um, I was sitting at the computer desk, and my mom and my dad were talking about money, which usually, like, ended in some sort of argument because my dad, like, couldn't handle any hard conversation ever. He just couldn't do it. He would explode almost instantly. And so I was sitting there, and I remember my dad got up, and he started to hit my mom. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dad's, like, really losing it this time. I don't know what to do. And he kept saying, I'm going to finish you. And he ran up the stairs. And all I thought was, oh, my gosh, my dad has his guns up there. Maybe he's really going to finish something this time. Like, I don't know. So I ran in my sister's room, and I woke her up. She was 15 at the time, which meant she was sleeping at uh, 11 a.m. And I said, I said, Amanda, Amanda, wake up. Dad is hurting mom. Dad is hurting mom. And I grabbed the phone, and I ran under her bed, and I called 911. And my sister got up, and I just remember her screaming, Dad, stop, leave Mom alone. And that day, the police came. They took my dad away. And I watched as he left, never, ever to return. My mom gave him an ultimatum, that you get therapy and you can come home. My dad was notorious for not being a safe person and for exploding quickly. And my dad had his options. I can, I can go home. And I can be a dad, and I can be what I need to for my kids, or I can quit right now and walk away. And my dad chose to quit. My dad chose to never, ever, once again, utter the words, I love you. And my dad never chose to finish being my father, and he quit. This told me a ton of stuff about me. It told me that I wasn't worth fighting for. It told me that quitting is always easier and that fighting is not worth it. And I don't think that my dad left that day intentionally wanting to teach me these things, but that is what I learned. So I grew up, my dad, he suffered from substance misuse issues. Um, he was full of anger. He never finished things and he didn't fight, like he didn't fight for my family. And for, forever, I would be like, I'm never going to be like him. I don't like him. And I would just, you know, all the things that us kids come from um, broken homes say. And, but the fact of the matter is, I'm almost everything like my father. I inherited so much of who my father was in me. And I was notorious for never finishing things, ever. And I liked a good fight, like with my siblings and stuff, but I never fought for anything that I wanted, ever. I would just give up, because why? It's easy, and that's what I learned. And so 
I never finished anything, and I have a few examples of this. I used to horseback ride, which is my absolute favorite, and even now when I go for a ride, I'm like in heaven. I swear that my house in heaven just has horses at it. I loved riding out in the woods. It was quiet, and no one bothered me. But at the barn, there was a not-so-kind gentleman um, who got upset with me one day and pushed me up against the wall and started screaming at me and saying, you know, if you, ever, if you ever bother me again, I don't even honestly remember what I said or did, um, then you'll never ride here again. And I was like, sir, I'm never going to ride here again already. I left the barn that day, and I never returned. So I quit. I quit. I could have called the lady who owned the barn and said, listen, this guy was, like, not super nice to me. And, but I didn't, ha- I never fought for anything, anything. And so then I started cheerleading because if I can't ride, I might as well cheerlead. And because um, those are similar somehow. I have no idea how. <laughs> um, you use leg muscles. Um, and so I started cheerleading. And I wasn't too bad at it. I like to do, I love gymnastics. I love to dance. So I was pretty good. And I worked my way up. I went from junior varsity to varsity. And I was like on top of the world, literally, because I was small. So I was a flyer. And um, I did cheerleading, and then my quit. My coach, she quit. I mean, didn't quit. Like, she had kids and didn't want to keep cheering with us. And so a new woman came, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't want to prove myself to this new lady. I don't know her. I've never met her. And it wasn't an easy thing to make the team in our school. So I quit. And I was wicked good at quitting things for other reasons. So the barn, I quit because I wanted to do cheerleading. I had a great excuse. I was School wasn't forever. Horses would always be around, so I quit. And because um, I knew if I, like, told my mom, she would, like, make it right, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to fight for anything. And then for cheerleading, I was like, well, I want to drive, and I need a car, so I guess I'll just work more. So I can't do cheerleading because I have to work. And then I graduate high school, and I applied to college, but you guys can all imagine how that went. I never even finished the application because it was way too much work. And then I knew who I was. I knew I was my father's daughter. I knew I was the heritage that I had come from. And I knew I wasn't going to finish, except I was going to have a ton of debt. So I simply walked away, which was fine because then I married Nate, which was the best thing I ever did in my life. And I haven't quit. And I had four two. <laughs> I had four children, oh yeah, Um, and when I married Nate and we had our kids, we had two small boys at the time, and I used to just watch them play in the living room, mostly because I was exhausted, but um, I'd sit there and watch them, and I don't know if you haven't had kids here, and maybe you will someday or not, you know, whatever works for you, Um, but when you have your kids, it's so funny, like, you literally think they can be the president of the world until they're like, nine or ten, and their mouth is really, really active, Um, but uh, you just see so much potential in them, and you're like, man, you could do anything, like, you could be a doctor, you, like, legit could be a surgeon, because you are really good at building Legos and, you know, hand-eye coordination, so, like, somehow that correlates in my mind that you're going to be something amazing, and you see so much potential in your kids, and I see so much potential in my kids that, if they use that the fight against me that they use daily, that they really could be president or a really good lawyer or um, a great dad. You know, they could be anything. Um, 
so it became apparent to me, though, that my kids, just like me, I learned so much from my dad and his behaviors and the way that he talked to me and raised me and, or half raised me, and that if I didn't change my behavior, how are my kids ever going to believe in themselves, ever know that they have to fight for things, ever know that they matter and that they can stand up for themselves? How would they ever be able to do that if I taught them how to, how to behave in this world? And my behavior always was, if there's a fight, walk away. If you have to, if you have to show any resistance towards something, then just walk away. And they were quickly learning. They were quickly learning this. And I wish, like, sometimes they'd walk away from fights with me, but that doesn't normally happen. But I wish that they would. And I know that I'm not the only person in this room that comes from a heritage that um, maybe is a little less than desirable. Uh, I have a great heritage from my mom. She taught me so much. But there's still that other part of us that we've picked up and learned habits that aren't desirable, aren't things that we want for our kids. And maybe we accept them for us, but we don't want them for our future and our grandchildren and our children. And maybe that is you grew up in a home that only knew how to communicate by yelling. And now you're realizing, as I say this, that you are living in a home that only communicates by yelling, that it's quick to anger. Maybe you bottle things up and you don't talk about them because it's easier to brush it under the rug. Maybe you're like me and you don't finish things. You don't fight for things. You just give up because it's easier that way. Maybe everyone in, your pa everyone in the past has um, been uh, struggled with addiction. I know in our family, we have that in our family. Um, I've lost cousins and uncles and aunts and to addiction. Maybe every, everyone in your family gets divorced and you just think, like, I'm never going to get married because everyone in my family gets divorced. Why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself? And you all have something. You all come from great families, and you all have great qualities, but everyone in here has something that you hate or that you'd like to change, and we're going to talk about that today, um, and there's a story in the Bible that we're going to turn to. It's John 9, 1 through 6, and I'll let you turn there, but as, we're as you're turning there, it, the disciples were walking with Jesus, and they call him Rabbi in this story, which is Jesus. He has so many, tons of names, um, and he, they're walking with him, and they come up uh, to this blind man who's been blind for his entire life. For his whole life, he's been blind. And, I mean, we wouldn't do this nowadays, I don't think. But in John 9, 1, they start the conversation with Jesus like this. And as he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. And we'll stop at the but. Um, so they come up to this man, and they're like saying to him, they're essentially asking Jesus, why is he blind? Is he blind because something his parents did? Is he blind because he sinned? Like what, why is he blind? He's been blind since birth. Why is he blind? And Jesus says, Neither of these reasons are why he's blind. And I feel like I could relate to this, and maybe you can relate to this. I think that growing up, people might have said, I mean, I grew up in a small town, so most people, like, 
knew my parents, and some people still, um, like, I still know people there. I don't know. We just don't leave. Um, So I grew up in a small town, and I think that my teachers maybe sometimes might have said, because I didn't try in school, um, because, you know, if I could just try a little and get a C, that was good. I was like that student. And I feel like maybe they said, well, you know, back then it wasn't, I was like the only kid in my class that had divorced parents. Like maybe there was one other. Um, but it was like not a normal thing. So I think my parents might have been, uh, my teachers might have been saying if Jesus with them, Jesus, Jesus, why is Michelle like this? Is it because of her dad? Like her dad didn't finish school, so like maybe that's why she's like this. Or is she like this just because she's stinking lazy? Um, or, you know, why is she like this? Jesus, tell us, is it her father or is it her? And maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking the same thing and that, that maybe the blind man was thinking, Jesus, am I like this because of my heritage? Am I always going to have a short temper and yell because of my heritage? Am I always, am I going to get divorced because of my heritage? Or am I this way simply because of me? And I think the thing that Jesus is saying to you and me and this blind man today is, no, you're not like this because of your parents. You don't have to be like this because of your heritage, and your heritage can change. And I think the blind man thought that, and I know that I thought that. I, I used to always say, this is just who I am. It's okay. I don't have to have fight in me. And, but the best part is that every story that Jesus told, every story has a but. And I love that. So it said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva. This is how we know Jesus was male. And put it in. (laughs) Put it on the man's eyes and said, go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam, the word that means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. And I love that. I mean, I don't love that he spit in his eyes. There's a lot of germs involved. But he spit in his eyes like crazy, weird, and then told a blind man, like I don't know if you grasped that, to go find a river that he can't see. That's like having someone come over to your house that can't see, and they're like, where's the bathroom? And you're like, oh, it's just back there. Go find it. Like, that's, like, kind of a little rude, honestly. Um, But Jesus asked a blind man, like, well, he didn't ask. He just spit in his face, wiped some dirt on it, and then said, go walk to this river that you can't see, that you can't find. Go find it. Wash your face in it, and then you're going to see. And the blind man had to have a choice. Am I going to go to the river and wash my face? Or am I going to just say that's too hard and quit? And I had the same choice to make. Am I going to stay in the heritage that my father gave me? Or am I going to give a new heritage to my children? So I had two young boys. This thought had come to me. And God said, Michelle, I want you to go to college. I will like, you crazy. I can't even finish applying to college. Like, really? Like, and I, you know, it's probably easier to apply to college than a blind man finding a river he can't see. But 
I'm like, you've lost your mind. That's way too hard. I can't do that. And I'm going to quit. Like, you know, you know me, dude. Like, we've been doing this a long time. I'm going to quit. But I had a choice. Was I going to let Jesus spit in the dirt, rub it on my eyes, and when is I going to go find that river? Or was I going to sit in my own ick and keep teaching my children that I don't have to fight for things and they don't have to fight for things? But at the age of 23, he called me back to school, and I had the choice to go or, or quit. And I, I went. I just went. And if you've known me for the last few years, you know how much I love it. Um, so I went to school, and I allowed Jesus to spit on my face, and I went and found that river. I enrolled in college. I had two small boys, which is, like, not the brightest thing to do. I couldn't write a paper to save my life. It's no joke. I really still can't write papers. I write them, and then other people edit them for me, which is fine. I've heard that's normal. Um, and so I went to college, and at the age of 28, I graduated with my bachelor's of psychology, which I was super proud of myself. I finished something. And I was like, booyah, you know, because I say that at 28. And I was like, I just proved to my kids that you can do anything that you put your mind to, that I don't care how hard it is. You're going to get up and you're going to do the hard thing. And I taught them that you walk to the river that you can't see that God has called you to. And then God, because he's like super hilarious, said, nice work. Keep going. And I'm like, keep going? You're crazy. Like, I think I felt like the blind man felt after he had his face spit on, like, totally not socially acceptable. And then he was like, are you insane? Like, I can't go find a river I can't see. And Jesus like, find the river. Go find the river. And he told me, go find the river, girl. You got this. And I'm like, oh, my word. So I did. I went. I applied to college uh, my, for my master's in social work at UNH. And the process was literally the worst experience of my life after birthing children. And um, I got a phone call from admissions. And they said, we love your application. We think you'd be great for our program. But first, I need you to get a letter from DCYF, which is like um, the state uh, de Department of Children, Youth, and Families. And I'm like, I need to get a recommendation from them because the way a while ago we were foster parents. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with the state, but they're like super hard to get in touch with, even when you have their children in your homes. Not because they don't want to talk to you, but because they are completely overworked. And they have so much people to take care of, and they do a great job, and social workers are incredible. I'm a social worker. I love them. But they're hard to get a hold of. I am hard to get a hold of. And I, I was like, I put the phone down, and I'm like, well, I tried God. I did. I went to the river. Clearly, the river is dry. I can't wash my face. <laughs> and, um, but I was like, you know what? No, this is a perfect thing. I am not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. I sat down at my computer. I went through my email. I emailed every single person that had DCYF in their email when I typed DCYF in my email thing. I have no idea if they even still work there, if they work there, who I was emailing. Could have been emailing some, like, government official. I have no idea. And I asked every single one of them, I did foster care for you a lot of years ago. Will you please give me a recommendation so I can go to UNH? Without it, I can't get in. I probably emailed over 20 people. A few hours later, one social worker emails me back. 
And I was like, whoa, she must know Jesus. She must be at the same river. And she said, I'd love to give you a recommendation. You guys were an amazing family for us. And she gave me a recommendation. And the very next day, she sent it, which is incredible. She deserves a raise. They accepted me into the program, and I was, like, on top of the world. I went to orientation, and I was like, yes, I'm in it. I'm, like, in this program that I never thought I'd be in because I wasn't even sure I was going to graduate high school. And um, I got in, and I went to orientation, and I know, like, therapists and, like, counselors, like, they're, like, notorious for being really kind, but um, also really straightforward. So I'm sitting there, and all the professors are, like, telling us, like, all these great things, and then one of them goes, um, I want you to say bye to, like, your life, because now that you're in the program, you're going to lose friends, which was true. I have lots of friends along the way. Um, you're going to lose friends. You, have, you won't have time for anything, uh, which is 100% true, and look around the room because there's 20 of you here right now and only 10 of you will finish. And I was like, great, I'm probably one of the 10 because I'm usually one of the 10 that quit because I still had this mentality like hiding in the back of my head. And you know what? I didn't quit. It's the hardest thing that I've ever done. I, my, it's probably not as hard finding a river that I can't see and I've never heard of. But it's been hard. I work 35 hours a week at an organization called SOS, Recovery Community Service uh, Organization. Look how tired I am. I don't even know where I work. Um, I'm on call as a recovery coach for 36 hours for Wentworth Douglas Hospital and um, Dover, Farmington, and Summersworth Police Department, which means at any time in the middle of the night, my phone can ring, and I'm going to go in and help somebody in need. I have four boys. I have a house to clean mouths to feed, uh, I, I mean, it goes on. You have kids, like, it's insane. Um, I volunteer at Restoration Church, which I love. It's my favorite part of what I do during the week. And the best part is I work for a nonprofit. So when you work for a nonprofit, that also means sometimes you volunteer for the nonprofit. Um, so that's, I mean, that's my week. I work about 70 hours a week. I have kids who are in football four days a week. I never stop moving. And I'm not saying that to brag, be like, I'm so amazing. I don't suggest it for anyone unless Jesus asks you to do it. Don't do it. Not worth it. Only if Jesus tells you to. But I'm excited to announce that in eight weeks that I'm going to be graduating with my master's of social work because I walked to the river and I didn't quit. There's only eight people left out of the 20, and I am one of those eight. <laughs> and I don't know if you know what I'm trying to convey here, but Jesus asked a blind man to walk to a river so that he could one day see again. Find a river that he can't see. He was definitely going to have to ask for help along the way. Um, he was definitely going to have to, you know, trust Jesus that this is what he was really supposed to do. I had to trust Jesus that I was really supposed to do this because Jesus asked me, who, the girl who doesn't finish anything, to finish something that only 8% of the United States population actually finish. Like, that's incredible to me. And I wanted my kids to see that we show up to the hard stuff, that we do the hard things that God's called us to do because he has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for us. And I could have just quit, and quitting would have felt so good. 
I'm not going to lie, like, it would feel good to not go to sleep at midnight every single night and wake up at 6 a.m. to start getting ready for the boys for school. I would love it. I'd love eight hours someday. Eight weeks, actually. Um, But God asked me to do something. He asked me to finish something that was really, really hard. He asked the blind man to walk to a river, which was really, really hard for him. He let a man spit in his face. I let Jesus put mud on my eyes. I walk to a river that I can't see. And I'm not saying, I really am not saying this to brag, though I'm very, very proud of not quitting. I'm proud that I changed my heritage in my family. And I'm proud to say that my siblings have done the same thing. My siblings, they never quit. They try hard all the time. And they honestly push me to not quit. And I want you to know that you can do the hard things. You can do what God is calling you to do because he is calling you to a river. He is saying, let me put mud and my saliva on your face and go walk to the river so you can do what I've called you to do, so you can change your family heritage. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 80 years old. If God is calling you to do something, do it. Change your heritage. I don't care if you don't have kids yet. I mean, I do care. I'm sorry. They're really great. You'll get there. Um, History doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. And I don't care how hard it is. I assure you, 22-year-old Michelle never thought that she'd be standing on the stage, one, speaking to you, and two, telling you that she almost has a master's degree in social work. But you can do it. And God has things for you. He wants you to change your heritage. He wants you to have a home that's full of peace. He wants you to have a home that's full of, I call it grit at work. Like, use that grit, you know. Like, he wants you to have fight in you. He wants you to have hopes. He wants you to have dreams. He doesn't want you to feel like you're trapped from your past. Because it doesn't matter how long you run, it will always be there. And you need to do what the blind man did. Walk to the river and face it. You need to do what I did, and I walked to the river, and I faced it, and I did the hard work, and I cried, and I wanted to quit. And let me tell you, I asked for help all the time, and that's okay. But you know the coolest part of this entire story is that I started this whole crazy journey, and I can't tell you how many people keep saying to me, like, why are you even doing this? Why are you in school? And I'm like, I don't know. And I started it because I wanted to, remember, change my kid's heritage. And this blind man walked to the river because he wanted to change his heritage. He would have never, ever been married. Like, if you were blind back then, you weren't going to get married. He was going to consider you sitting where he was sitting. He was considered, like, I don't know, he he was considered like an outcast because he was blind. And, but he walked to the river and he did the hard things. And he did that, and his heritage changed forever. And my heritage changed forever, and I got to see this in my son, who plays football, which is an excessively time-intensive sport. Um, And he wanted to get on varsity super bad. And he tried wicked hard, he went to practice early, and he made it on varsity. And I can't tell you how many times I prayed, I was like, Jesus, let him on varsity because I can't handle the fit to like get him on varsity. I could like pay the coach or something. Um, But he did it, he didn't need my help, he did it. He fought and he fought and he fought and he kept saying, I'm not gonna quit, I'm gonna do it. And he got on the team. And on the team, we come to the game. 
and he's not getting played. And we're like, why is he not getting played? This is lame. Like, why am I, I'm not here to watch these other kids. I mean, they're cute and all, but, like, I want to see number 41 out there taking someone down. And, and that's his number, by the way. <laughs> um, and he got in the car, super discouraged, threw his helmet, which is really, like, scary because I'm like, it's going to break something. And he's like, I want to quit. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. I never even get to play in the games. I'm just walking back and forth, and I, like, I never go out. And I was like, do you want to go out? And he's like, yeah, obviously. I'm like, okay, number the two, just like a little pep talk here, buddy. And he's like, yeah, I want to go out. And I'm like, then don't you quit. Have you ever seen mommy quit? I'm like, have you ever seen me frustrated and not quit? Have you ever seen daddy quit? You've seen daddy come home from, from church and from work crying and frustrating and wanting to quit. But have you ever seen him quit? Or did he get back up and try again? Did mommy get back up and try again? And he's like, yeah, but I'm like, then you get up and try again. Fight for what you want. If you want to play, then fight. And I'm like, this is like the weirdest thing. Like, why am I emotional about a football thing? <laughs> but I, I wanted him to fight. I wanted to know that my heritage continued, and I wanted to know that it changed with my oldest son. And he showed up to practice early, and he would yell at me if we're like, we're, gonna be, we're only going to be five minutes early. Get to the car, Mom. I'm like, I'm trying. And we get to football, and he's there early, and he's trying hard, and he's doing everything his coach has asked, and he's behaving in school, and he's trying to get those notes because they get, like, rewards for getting notes. And he's doing everything that he can. And he comes from practice one night, and he jumps in my car, and he's like, guess what, Mom? Guess what? I thought he got a girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, uh, did you got a girlfriend or something, which you're not supposed to date, buddy. Um, and he's like, Mom, I'm first round defense, which means he's on the first group of kids that go out. That anytime the game is hard, he's out there. He is the first guy going out. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. And I'm like, don't lax now. Keep going. Keep trying. Like, just because you got what you want, keep going. And then he got to be on kick return, kick whatever. I, I like, love watching him, but I don't know all the terms. And so he's He's like all excited. He's like, Mom, I'm first pick for three teams. And I'm like, that's so exciting. Look, you didn't quit. You did it. And he was so proud of himself, and he's still proud of himself. Like, he's not in first service because he's volunteering, but he'll be here. Second service, he's probably walking around like, yeah, ladies, first pick. Like, he's proud of himself. And, like, maybe you guys are like, that's so silly. Like, it's a football team. But it's not silly to me because I didn't quit, and he saw that. He saw me trying. He saw me going. And he, and he did it. I got to see my heritage already played out, which is incredible. And he has a game today, if anyone wants to watch, 2 o'clock, Roger Allen. You can see 41, killing it. Um, but he didn't give up, just like the blind man. The blind man didn't give up. It said he made it to the river, and he washed his face, and he could see again. And I want you to know that you can walk to the river that you can see again if you allow Jesus to direct your path and your life. So there's two things that I want you to walk away with today. And you can add it to your tattoo sleeve. You can uh, put it on your phone. You could write it down. I don't care what you do. Take a picture of it. But I want you to think about these two things this week. One is a, one is a thought, and then the other one is something you need to do. The first is, what do you want to see in your heritage? What do you want to see? Do you want to see wholeness? Do you want to see people, children and your grandchildren that never give up, that never quit like I did? 
Do you want to see kindness, love, compassion? Do you want to see your family following Jesus with everything they had because you followed Jesus with everything you had? What do you want your heritage to look like? And then the next thing is, once you figured that out and you wrote it down, because I feel like maybe half of you or 70% of you already know that one thing that Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to change in your heritage. The second thing is, what is the first step to having that heritage? For me, it was enrolling in school and not quitting. It was trying really hard every single time that God asked me to do something. Every single time my professor asked for a ridiculously long paper that made no sense to me, um, I had to keep pushing myself. I had to keep trying. And a lot of these other things, maybe you need to go to therapy. I know I needed to go to therapy. I saw a lot of, my, I saw some scary things when I was a kid that scared me and told me things that were lies that the devil told me. And I needed therapy. Maybe you need therapy. That doesn't mean you're weak at all. The strongest people in our country go to therapy every single week. And that's what makes them strong. Maybe you need accountability. You need somebody that can push you, that you can say, hey, I'm trying to change this, and they can keep you accountable for it. Um, if I didn't have Nate and if I didn't have my friend Karen, I definitely would have quit. They read more papers for me than they probably wanted to. And they told me to keep going. And they told me they were proud of me. And they told me how amazing I was. And my mom encouraged me. My mom has a countdown for me on her fridge for when I'm done school. That's support. <laughs> and she sends me pictures. You're almost done. Um, maybe you need to up your church attendance. Maybe you need to make sure that you're here every single week searching for what God has for you in your life. Maybe you need to start reading your Bible at home. Maybe you need to join a circle. Circles are the highlight of my week. I absolutely love our circle family, and I love eating dinner with them, and I love talking about what God's doing in our lives every week. Maybe you need to start volunteering. I know volunteering, like I said earlier, is my favorite. I love volunteering, and it always helps me remember where I was, but where I still want to go. Whatever it might be, I want you to write it down. Whatever that first step is, I want you to write it down, and I want you to do it, start it this week. Um, you don't have to live by your heritage. I didn't have to stay living the way that my father told me I had to live. I got to walk to the river. I got to let Jesus wash my face, and I got to finish something. And I'm about to finish something super big, and you guys will all hear about it, I'm sure. I'm going to wear a shirt. I'm done. Um, and God has called you to change your heritage God has called you to change the future for your children and your grandchildren. God has called you to be an example to someone if you don't have kids. He's called you to be an example to someone that is in your life. We are not just here for fun. We are here to show others what Jesus has done in our life and what they can do in, his, in their lives. So whatever it is, it's not too late, and I promise you, it's not too hard. You can do it. Let Jesus... Wash your face with his spit. Sorry, that's gross. And walk to the river that you can't see. Walk to it, even if you don't understand. I had no idea why God was calling me to go to school. Like, seriously, I had no idea. But I got up. I blindly walked to the river. I washed my face. And now I finally have some clarity. 
So today, let Jesus spit in your face and walk to that river. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have a say in my life, that you have a say in our life, God, that I don't care where we came from, if we came from addiction or abuse or laziness or whatever it may be, God, I don't care where we came from, you dictate our future. God, you tell us what we need to do, and it is just our responsibility to get up and walk. God, I pray that today we take your word seriously, that we are like this blind man, that we do what you've called us to do, and God, we change our heritage forever. God, that our life will be a light for many generations to come. I thank you for the stories that we're going to hear, God, about how this morning you changed someone's heritage. You changed their future. And God, we thank you so much for what you're going to do today and forever. In your name we pray, amen.